Good afternoon and welcome to the Business Secret Podcast with me, Tom Davis. Our guest today is Kerry Chown of Colbert HR. Colbert HR are a HR organisation who focus on people to help improve businesses. They do this through 360 appraisals and many other different tactics that they have to try and improve businesses, but by making people the focus of all of that. They've also, in the last 12 months, been voted the best startup at the IntraBiz Awards, um, and I'm very pleased to be uh, sort of introduced. No, very pleased to be joined. Sorry, by uh, Kerry Chow now. So, Kerry, tell us a little bit about yourself and what your business does. So, as you described it there, it's um, about helping businesses to make their business more um, successful. So, for example, um, I focus on employee engagement because if people are really engaged and they're fired up to do a good job for the business then the organisation will perform better. So also I put uh, robust performance management processes in because that also helps the business to perform. So um, it also makes the place a nice place to be because people are feeling much more positive about the about their work. So my um, sort of philosophy is about investing in people in the business and that's what really fires me up and hopefully the business then benefits as a result. So what do you do when you go into a business? What's the first point of call? Usually it will be uh, to deal with whatever problem they've got, they've got in their mind at the time. So, for example, sometimes they might already have a staffing problem and, and that's what they're focusing on. So I'll help them deal with that because if that's what's on their mind, we need to put it to bed. But then I'll try to swiftly move on to an engagement survey so you get staff involved and giving their ideas. And then from there, usually form a, a focus group so we can get people to think about the action plan. What sort of changes do we need to, need to make in the business to make it work better? And so it's about involving staff as much as you can from as soon as you can. So do you have so, general... So obviously you come in as part of the... You get employees come in and come in. As part of the focus group, do you, who's included in that? Is that everybody? Is it you? Is it the senior directors? Do you have lower level employees? How do you decide who's involved in that? So usually it's a mixture of staff. So the client will appoint me to do the engagement survey and to run the focus group because that way staff can be really honest on their views. And then we ask the workforce to agree maybe six people who could join the focus group. So it comes from them okay. because if you don't do that... It uh, and it's all led from the top, then it's not going to be very authentic. People are not going to feel as though the company's really buying into it. No, so if they're getting it, pushed on them, it's yes, it's getting people to be able to say honestly how they feel gives you the most information. You can then do some action planning and and help to see the organisation grow. So, uh, how did you get here then? What was the step to being? Kerry Chown, business owner from where you were before in your previous life? So my previous life, I was employed in a senior HR role in the public sector and I had a real passion for um, employees being able to influence the strategy and how the business was running. Uh, but in the public sector, it wasn't possible because the focus was generally around restructuring the business to uh, cope with reduced public funding yeah, whereas now I'm running my own business I can do anything I like and that's the area that fires me up and it's the area where I can make the most difference um, to the other organisations to my clients and their staff Do you find it more rewarding doing it the way you're doing it now or still with your previous life? Oh definitely more rewarding now 
when it's your own business, you get to make the decision which area that you want to work in. And HR is a really big field. Mm. So some people will just focus on training and development, some on employee relations, uh, some on recognition and reward. But I can do a bit of all of those things. But my focus is around working with the people in the business to try and make the organisation more successful. (laughs) That's what I've decided to do. So automatically, it puts me in the place I want to be where I'm a partner to the senior management team effectively sort of contributing ideas on how we can achieve the strategy by putting different tools in place. So do you choose who you work with based on their business, based on a, an interview, or do you, are you willing to work with any company? I'll work with any company. So um, sometimes it'll just depend on why they bring me in as to how we get to the organisational development bit. So, so as I said earlier, if you if they got a problem, I'd rather sort that out first because that's the foremost thing on their mind, and then we can work on to well, how do we take the business from where it is now um, to a better place? And I've I've then got a little bit of credibility because I've already sorted their staffing problem solved, out. Solved problem, so, haven't you? Yes, yes. So you say you don't necessarily have a, a target; it's anybody. How do you go about marketing yourself to sort of show that you can be? potentially all things to all people by like so you've got a vast range of skills that you offer and you'll necessarily don't pick a, a sector but some people have mm. I only work with dentists for instance mm. so how do you decide on what your marketing approach is if you're just trying to sort of show show everything um so for me variety is the spice of life so I do like working with lots of different types of businesses often different sectors bring their own uh, challenges but also um you could learn different things from different sectors. So when I set the business up, I started running events and I invite all my clients along and other people who are interested. So it means that I've, uh, from an early stage, mixed with lots of different type of businesses. Some businesses are more keen to develop the business than others. Others just focus on the bottom line. And what I'll offer the business will depend on what place they're in. So if I start working with a business that hasn't even got a staff handbook, then uh, maybe they need to focus on the basics for the first 12 months. And once those are in place, then usually they'll be happier to start uh, targeting some other performance improvement. So uh, it's just seeing where they're at and uh, see where the opportunities are to uh, make progress quickly. So how are you finding the events? The events have been a real success story. So since I started, I've run six now, all at the Cardiff City Stadium, and it's a fantastic venue. It was particularly chosen because um, the accommodation's a good standard. It's very well organised, so it means that I can focus on the people who come, uh, which is great. And I use a different theme each time. So I've had uh, recognition and reward, I've had employee engagement. Um, the next one's about well-being, because uh, these days staff can sometimes get very stressed out. So it's uh, how you put tools in place to help you deal with all those challenges. So each time a different theme, and then I try and target people, certainly all my clients, and then other speakers who have got something to say on the topic and also some exhibitors who've got something which my clients might be interested in and all of that makes it a really good use of my clients time so generally they come along not necessarily the chief executive every time but usually most of my clients are represented and it's an opportunity for them to to learn free 
but also for them to explore what's possible, things that they can do to help improve the business. So outside your own clients who come along, how do you, who do you, how do you get people there? Is it a bring a friend policy? Is it advertising on social media? How do you, how do you get people into the room? So usually the speakers are tasked with trying to make sure some of their clients come along or people of interest that maybe they haven't started working with yet, but they have had some discussions with. So also I use social media, so it's heavily promoted that way. The people who tend to come regularly are clients and prospective clients of mine and also the other businesses where that are represented by speakers on the programme because it's your opportunity to show your expertise. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I haven't had any particular issues in getting people there. I no. think um, just under 40 is the lowest number I've had. So it's very good to know. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, yeah we've uh, the when you see uh, events coming through Eventbrite and other mm. platforms, you can sometimes it's a little bit difficult to get people through the door. But mm. that sounds like the model you're using seems to be working really well. I, I'm very careful on the topics. I make sure that the topics are something that would definitely interest businesses. Otherwise, as you say, they won't come. Um, also, to make sure that the speakers are good. Because otherwise, if people start um, losing interest halfway through, it's a real disadvantage in terms of um, the person speaking at the time, but also everyone who's speaking afterwards. And also in terms of my credibility, because I want to get these people coming to the next one and the one after that. So I, I do try to be careful to make sure that the persons who speak will be engaging and have a, an interesting topic to talk on. So uh, it's having, I guess having pride in the event, isn't it? You don't want to mm. just let anybody, because you're putting your name to it as well, yes. then by proxy, they if you give a bad talk or they're not very engaging, then it yeah. sort of falls back on you and makes you look... It does, yeah. And if, I guess the whole point of it is for marketing, so that's the last thing you want is to yes. have your reputation tarnished. And, ta- and timing is the big question one because some people you on a program you can easily get one person who seriously runs over time yeah. and if you do that's a real problem so i do try and manage that as best i can but sometimes best intentions and it'll happen but i am conscious of it and i try to manage it as best i can okay that's great so obviously you're working very hard on getting people through the door and growing cobalt as much as you can so in, in our book, The Business Secret, in chapter five, we talk a lot about work-life balance. Mm-hmm. For business owners, some people spend too much time working on the business, mm. and then they, they're very successful financially, but they may not have the family life they want in the background. Mm-hmm. And then it works on the other side. They may be concentrating too much on the private life, and maybe the business is suffering. Mm. How do you balance both both elements to make sure you've got some sort of equilibrium between the two of them, enjoying yourself, but also having a successful mm. business? It's interesting at the moment, there's a bit of a turning point. So, so far, I'd say in the two and a half years I've been trading, it's been pretty full on working my socks off. Uh, But at the moment, I'm definitely changing my view that uh, I need to get the balance right and I want to do that now. So I'm in the process of bringing people into the business who can do a lot of the operational work for me. So I recently started having students from Cardiff University. So that's been really helpful because they can take on a lot of administrative work for me. They could also do... Um, tasks like sort of document, making sure documents are laid out nice, and other sort of administrative support that the client needs done. So that saves me having to do it. But I've now moved um, on from there as well. I've brought in a HR consultant who's doing work for me now, and also a business development manager. Wow. So um, those will hopefully help to take some of the pressure off me. I've also got somebody else doing my social media. 
So what I want to end up with is to do some of the face-to-face -face contact with the client and some support by having other people who can take some of the operational delivery off me so that I can do things like play golf on a Tuesday and things like that. Yeah. So I've done a bit of that since the start. So Friday afternoon I will very rarely work. It's the time of the week. I just think, right, I'm going to go off the clock at 12 o'clock and then have some time just to relax and, and do other stuff. But uh, I do tend to work quite a few hours at the beginning of the week, but that's the thing that I'm now trying to change. Um, I definitely don't want to end up working 60 hours a week in the business. Yeah. And so having other people to do things and me being able to um, reduce the amount of time in the business and spend more time on it is where I'm aiming for. Have you found a big difference in the way you feel about it now in terms of the actual work, not having to do maybe some of the admin roles and like you said, concentrating on the business rather than the, being on the sort of like on the treadmill and being in the business? It's all a work in progress at the moment, but I'm finding it really good, very positive thing because now I'm getting other people to um, produce some um, information which is valuable to my client but they're doing that work of sort of identifying the the value and then I can just take what I need from it and feed it into the work that the client needs done. So it means that somebody else is also sitting back and reflecting, whereas otherwise I'd be trying to do it when I'm coping with a huge volume of work. So I think it's a better end product. How do you find being the, initially taking, being hands-off on it and letting somebody else run with parts of the business? Was it difficult or was it quite easy because it's something you felt you needed to get done? One of the things I've noticed is you've got to invest a lot of time in briefing the person carefully. So with the two people I've taken on recently, uh, sometimes I get back uh, something that reflects the amount of effort I made in briefing them in the first place. So yeah. sometimes it's not totally successful because I think they know what I mean, but maybe they don't. And so I'm now trying to change the way I work so that I give a really clear briefing to the people who do work for me so I can be clearer that I'm going to get what I want at the end. It's just a different way of working, isn't it? Yeah. Have you, so have you, what have you, what are the learnings from that then? Is it that you've tried to improve your own communication or maybe initial training wasn't there? What do you, what do you think was the reason for the, for, the, for the gap? I think it's me being too quick to get into the detail and uh, the learning for me is about um, stepping away and making sure I prepare thoroughly so that it's that's part of making it successful for the employee yeah. so it's just investing that time rather than go straight in and oh can you do this or can you do the other and then feeling well why isn't why haven't I got out what I was hoping to get out and generally it's lack of preparation on my part. So I'm just working on that at the moment to make sure that the people in my business uh, are clear of what they need to do and, and are able to deliver at a high level. So how have you found these people? So I had two from Cardiff University. One of them I met through a networking event and has spoken and exhibited at my event. And the other one I also met at a networking event, Institute of Directors. Okay. So I've been supporting that over recent months and I've met some really interesting people through it, uh, including one of a number of HR consultants. So it's given me a real pool of people that I can call on now, which is fab. So the, obviously with the connection with the university, which has been obviously very, very helpful, mm. 
for the other two then it's quite interesting that most people obviously have a thing where they advertise a job role and they have to have people they've never met coming for interviews and put in mm. CVs. Mm. Is that something you'd consider doing or would you, the fact that you have that personal connection with those two people because you've met them face to face first, was that better for you would you say? Uh, I think there's a question about what work I need somebody to do. So the two people I've got in the business at the moment who are sort of providing HR support, they're likely to finish soon because they want full-time jobs okay. and I haven't got that much work. Um, so I think the likelihood is I'm going to end up doing what you describe, which is to advertise a job and recruit from that. But I will still take students in from Cardiff University because the calibre has been fantastic. So it will be somebody probably three days a week plus the student to provide some basic support. But that could be be me employing one of the two students that I've currently got working with me. Yeah. It's just looking at what works available what skills the student has got and can they be married together and I'm not quite sure yet so I'm hoping to address that over the next two weeks. So how did the thing with Cardiff Uni start? I met somebody from Cardiff University at a networking event they talked about the uh, um, the scheme where they give t- uh, 10 weeks work experience to, to a student and it's usually because they're thinking of different uh, areas for their career and they're not quite sure which one they want. So they're looking for employers to sort of take people in for a bit of work experience so they can test it out. And these two particular students were interested in a career in HR. So they've both come in uh, to do 10 weeks with me one day a week and they've both decided they want a career in HR. Must have done a good so, job then. Yes. Selling so, the industry well. Yes. And at least it means now if they go down that path, they know it's what they want to do. Whereas otherwise, sometimes a student will take a job and after a while think maybe it's not for them or they'll take a job that's not at all in the sector but they maybe don't know what's involved so I think it's worked out really well. Yeah, you hear a lot of stories of people come out of a say a business course and they don't mm. really know what they mm. want and they've done different modules and different things mm. and they apply for a job and before you know it you're 18 months into a job and you realise that it was massively the wrong decision. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, brilliant. It's good, it's good you've got mm. a connection as well. It's always good that you've now You've got that, and like I said, you're going to carry on using it. You've got that pipeline. Definitely. Like it's it's about giving back, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well. Inspiring mm. the next generation of HR consultants. Mm. Yes. Brilliant. So, obviously, I can imagine making the decision to have other people come into your business, whether that be students or people who are part time employed, must have been quite a jump. And other than that, which I think, in my opinion, sounds like quite a big risk, having other people, it be your business being your baby, effectively, mm. having other people having their input and mm. potentially affecting what your clients see. Would you say that's your biggest risk or would you think there's been something else outside of that? One thing that has proved to be a bigger risk than I thought is trying to manage a huge workload on my own. And the one thing about running a business is work is very rarely uh, evenly paced. So it'll be really, really busy for a few weeks. Then it might quiet down and you're thinking, oh, am I going to get enough work in? And then it might go really busy again. And there's been days when I thought, if I don't bring some extra resource in, I'm not going to be giving the excellent service that I pride myself on. So I walked into bringing additional employees into the business through that mindset, really. Okay. It's all about the customer for me. Yeah. And that means I have to make sure there's enough resource there to make sure I can do a good job. Otherwise, the c- customer feels cheated and then you lose business. So it's all about the customer and I always remember that. It's, yeah, definitely. So how do you track your workload when it's those busy times where you're feeling a little bit snowed under? 
So I use software. Um, at the moment, I've got a product called Asana, which I'm using. So I put all the jobs on there. And then how, do you, how do you spell that for the listeners? A-S-A-N-A. It's like a collaboration tool. So it just means um, the people who work in the business, I put all the tasks on there and then I could just allocate the task to whoever's going to do it. And if, say, one of the people, say, uh, one of the students doesn't get it done, then I can just reallocate it to the other one or to somebody else or even back to me. But it, it's a practical tool. It's helpful because it. They, there came a point a few weeks ago where I thought, I got so much detail going on here. If I'm not careful, I'm going to forget something. Yeah. So uh, having tools like that and the uh, and software these days can do an amazing job. Can do almost anything, can't it? You can, yes. And so you could put sort of trigger dates on there to make sure things get done on time. So it's, it's recognizing that you can't do it all on your own, and it's just putting tools in place to help you. Hmm. Are you quite relying on technology? Yes, I couldn't work without. So um, a lot of my work is on a laptop but I think at some point I can probably need to invest in a bit of a network depending on how many people working in the business um, but certainly social media everything is technology based if you run an event is te- technology based I think this, it's just the way it is these days so I think grasp it make the best of it yeah so you've obviously like I said there you've got uh, talking about marketing talking about social media talking about events planning mm. Have you had any support externally with all these things? It's a very different thing from going to being senior HR consultant in the private sector, in the mm. public sector, to mm. then having to now run your own events, mm. run a social media, mm. look at all these different things and run your own business. Mm. Have you had any external support? Anybody you've sort of a, a shoulder to get a bit of support with? Is anybody you've, uh, anybody in particular, or do you try and spread it out so you find a specialist in social media and seek their advice? How have you, how have you got yes, it? Yes, that's probably the approach I've taken overall. So I've got somebody who does my social media. Uh, I like to know I can do it myself. So I tried doing it myself and uh, I was really good for a few days. I'd be sending loads of posts out there and then nothing for a month and a half. Yep, so, yes. well. so, um, so I've now got a specialist who d- looks after my social media. Event management, I've got a history of doing events, so that was pretty easy. Okay. But now I, I've delegated that to other people who can do a lot of the work, certainly in terms of, sort of selling exhibition space and promoting uh, other products that I, that I offer I've now brought in a business development manager who could look after that for me and so I've just got used to the fact now over the last uh, couple of months that if you want the job done properly sometimes you've got to operate as a team so that um, so you make your customers really happy because you can't do it all on your own no exactly and that's mm. you, same thing with Penguin you've got to have mm. specialists doing doing their right jobs you can't you can't do everything yourself no. can you no. Oh, great. It's good to hear. It's good to hear. It's a lot. Of, a lot of people you hear of they want to keep hold of every single job they've mm. got and aren't willing to have the humility to say mm. this isn't what I'm. This isn't my speciality, so I'm no. not going to pass that on to somebody else who might be yeah. better qualified to do with it. Yeah, I'm dead clear. I want to end up running the business and not doing day-to-day delivery. Yeah. Mm. How are you planning on? Being so, you're currently face to face with clients. You're going to employ somebody else to do that job, and you sort of sit as a, a CEO, or do you always want to have some sort of client contact? I think I'd want to have some client contact. I'd want to be the one looking after the client relationship, but I wouldn't necessarily need to be doing the work. But that just means I got to make sure I got the right people working in the business. So uh, it's all a work in progress, but exciting stuff. But for me. Because I'm so customer driven, having that sort of face to face contact, that relationship with the client is key. 
No, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. I think it's with client being the forefront of everything, like you said, for you, mm. maybe you wouldn't want to have somebody who's there with a face-to-face contact with your clients and then isn't offering the, the benefit and the, the best service that mm. you'd offer. Mm. And then, you're again, clients' needs aren't getting met at that point, are mm. they? So what? So what's next for COBOL? Is there a grand expansion plans? What are we? What are we doing? I would definitely want to expand from where I'm at. Mainly just um, crystallising the staffing complement. So I think I probably need another two people, not necessarily full time, but with different skills. And that way, I can very much focus on the client contacts and not be doing a lot of the day to day. Um, at the moment, I still need to get quite involved in the day-to-day work, and it's just trying to finish that off really. And I think it'll take a few months because it's got to be the right people. I don't want to bring somebody into the business who don't do a brilliant job for the client because that's just not good enough. No, it's not about bringing somebody in for the sake of it. Is no, it? no. So it's just picking the right people. Yeah, how are you going to go about that? Do you think? I know we talk about CVs and going mm. down the more standard route. Mm. Are you going to be? What's it? What are you looking for in a? in somebody to take over that role. So one thing I've uh, realised over recent weeks is values are everything. So I almost um, ended a relationship with a client really over a particular piece of work that he wanted me to deal with and I wasn't prepared to do it in the way he wanted. So in the end, he realised that I was right and left me to deal with it on my own, which meant um, I took the employee um, and showed really good respect for them in terms of um, what I needed to do which was quite difficult I needed uh, somebody to move on from their role in the business but I will still do that with respect and what it taught me is values in the business and everything so uh, when I recruit customer service top of the things to test out I'd want to see some examples of where they deliver fantastic customer service where they went the extra mile to do a great job so um, I'm a firm subscriber that if you want the best people, that you've got to you've got to think and prepare for that interview process. So you really get to know what makes them tick, and just don't bring people in because they've got a good set of skills. You've got to have the right personality and the right behaviours so that they'll do a great job for your client. Is there any? I know some companies are here where. As an example, they have people who've had um, retail experience. They use that as a, a gauge that I want somebody who's definitely had retail experience mm. because they've dealt with somebody mm. face-to-face rather than being um, in the back office and never having that face-to-face connection mm. with somebody. Is that something you'd consider as a, a cut-off? Probably not because I think they're brilliant people all over the place. Mm. you just got to dig them out. Yeah. So I think it's trying to convey the right message in the advert if, if advertising is the way to go. So I'd be really clear what goes into the role description, what you need that person to do. And it's more than just um, advising on employment law or running a survey. It's all about um, showing uh, respect and um, a a determination to give a great service to the client. And that's the thing that's really important to me. So, so, try, I, yeah. so trying to translate your values into the into the um, what's, what's I'm looking for into the job advert rather than yes. just being simply task based. You need yes. to do these ten things. Mm. This is what Cobalt want somebody to be like. Like yes. you said, the values, respect, integrity, that yes, kind of thing. Definitely, customer focus, going the extra mile, 
all of that's really important, as important as their skills. Because if it's skills, often you can train them up, but uh, if you don't get the, the ver- uh, values and and uh, behaviours right, you're pushing water uphill sometimes. Yeah. Great, mm. interesting. Mm. So, so you talked about the future of COBOL. Uh, employment and how you're going to try and find those star people to mm. bring you guys to the next level. Mm-hmm. But what's your exit plan? Have you got an exit strategy? Is there a is there a point you've decided that I only want to work until I'm 60 and then you, you're going to pack it in or are you going to mm. be one of those people who works forever and never wants to retire? I definitely do want to retire. My ideal, i got a plan in my head is finding the right person to do it. I'd like to hand the business over to somebody okay. or maybe sell it, but it's more about um, having somebody else to pick up the reins and it's finding the right person. I guess it goes back to what we were just talking about. Yes, yeah. I know somebody who potentially could do it, but uh, that needs proving, so uh, just it's something to think about, but that's the way I'd want to go. Are you gonna, so would you keep in that ideal case rather than selling it to somebody else? Because I guess that person who's going to take over the reins is now going to take on your all of your clients who you want mm. them to still offer that service. How are you going to... I guess it would be a difficult decision, isn't it? Go from mm. It's different to employing somebody... How are you going to assess if they're the right person to take the reins? I think uh, bringing them in to do some work first and seeing what they're like day to day. And uh, if I've got some experience then of working with someone, then uh, I'll see what they're like with clients. And for me, if I could get somebody with the right fit, somebody who's got similar values to me, I'd rather hand the business over to them and let them look after my clients before I handed it over, so test it all out first, because yeah. it's too late once you made the decision. No, so um, I don't. I haven't got a, f- a particular date in mind for retirement. I think if I get to the point where I'm running the business and not actively doing a lot of delivery, then uh, I don't mind being involved in the business for longer periods of time, just doing the sort of business um, management. Uh, so. How long I stay with the business will depend on who I bring into it to look after the clients on a day-to-day basis. So it's, yeah, it's a different position. If you've got the ability to mm. take a back seat and lower your stress levels, mm. then if you're still enjoying it and you're still enjoying the contact with whether it be business management in a mm. few years' time or you're still enjoying some kind of client contact, why, yes. why retire? Some people yeah. just don't want you, and which yeah. is fair enough. I can understand yeah. it. I probably do want to because my greatest passion is travelling. And there's places in the world I'd like to see. And it's difficult to do that when you're running a business. But I think um, I'm definitely working in the right direction. I'm doing what I love. And if I can get more people to work with me in the business, then even whilst I've still got the business, I can still do more travelling. So um, it's just keeping the end game in mind, which I know is one of Penguin's uh, mottos. Yeah, definitely start with the end in mind. Yes. So outside of that, then what, what three tips would you give to anybody starting their own business today? I think have the right people around you so there's days when it can be a little bit lonely at the start when you're still building up your client base so definitely get really positive people around you to uh, you can turn to if you need a bit of support or just knowing they're there Um, I think networking in the right places I've spent an awful lot of money on networking groups and some of them have not done very much at all to help my business. So choosing wisely, I'd say, is really important. And I'd say the third thing is be very clear what you're aiming for because you can invest an awful lot of time and not make much progress if you're not clear. 
and uh, every year even though up till recently it's been a one-person business I still have a strategy and a budget and some clear goals to aim towards yeah. and I think that's really important oh, brilliant that, that sounds great advice great advice it's very, I quite like the the point about surrounding yourself with positive people as well yeah what, is there anybody in particular that stands out for you who's been a, a massive driver in that and giving you that when there's those dark days mm. when you run it by yourself who's been a real real help positively? I think there's been a long list. Um, I've met lots of people since I set the business up because uh, I've done a lot of networking uh, but there have been quite a few, too many to name that um, I've enjoyed interacting with and I find a sort of positive influence on me which helped me then to give the best of my business so yeah too many today oh, brilliant it's good to hear it's good to a lot of positivity in the Cardiff business world mm, yes so with uh, with every podcast we like to finish with six quick fire questions mm-hmm. so we learn a lot about Cobalt HR mm-hmm. what your plans are for the future what, how you got here and a, and a few other things but now it's more now it's time to find out more about Kerry Chan as the individual mm-hmm. so I've got six questions and I'm going to run through these as quickly as we can so first of all what books are you reading at the moment? Uh, Winning by Jack Welsh. I started it ages ago, and I'm determined to finish it over the next few months. But it'll be interesting. He's um, a well-known person in business. It'll be interesting to get a little bit more insight into how he thinks. So that'll be interesting. Oh, are you a big business book reader? I read uh, fairly regularly. I read uh, business books. Um, not all the time, but... I think it's good to get ideas and insight from elsewhere. If you just relied on your own knowledge, you're not going to learn anything. And so I do like to read uh, different books different for, uh, from different people that have been around in business a long time and looking for those little nuggets that you can take away and use in your own, uh, own business or organisation. So yes, regularly I, I read business books. Well, that goes on perfectly with the second question. So what's the best business book that you've read? Or the- Business book that had the biggest impact on you mm. and Cobalt HR. Oh, tricky. Even if it's maybe just, maybe not the best whole book, like the thing that you got a nugget from that helped you out and helped you get to where you're at now. Mm. There was a, a book I read recently called Traction, and that I, I thought was good. Gino, I can't remember yeah, his surname. Yeah, Traction. That yeah. was good. Mm. Oh, brilliant. That's good. So Traction, nice. Mm-hmm. And what music are you listening to? Ooh, uh, I like a bit of everything when it comes to music. So um, my favourite is compilation albums or programmes on the radio where they got maybe loads of music from the 80s or from the 60s. And so focused on a period of time, but a really good mix. Rather than one one particular artist. Yes, yes, definitely. I like the mix. What's your favourite decade? 80s overall, I think. Yes. Any standouts? Oh, um, ooh, tricky. Madonna, I think, interestingly. Yeah, the couple of the tracks that uh, she sang I quite like. Oh, I'm a big fan of early Madonna. Yes. Nice. Guilty pleasure, I must admit. Yes. Um, so on the, same, on the same vein, so are there any podcasts that you're listening to at the moment that you'd like to promote, seeing as we're on a podcast now? Um, I do listen to podcasts uh, from time to time, but not as regularly as I'd like. Mm-hmm. And so I can't refer to one in particular, but it's the, it goes with the book question about me uh, working on the business and spending some of my time listening to podcasts, reading books, 
that whole thing about personal development because you can't uh, benefit your client unless you've got that insight that you can call back on. Yeah. So I can't refer to one in particular, but it's definitely something I target because it's a great way of learning new ideas in business. Uh, so um, it's definitely something I've got a commitment yeah. to. It's, it goes along the same, uh, same line as books. I think podcasts is quite a new platform mm. for a lot of people. Mm. I think having that and Audible as mm. well with books, I think it's a massive one. I think people don't, people are disregarding the fact that listening to books, can you get the same information through mm. and how it can be something you can do while you're driving to work yep. or you can just do while you're going for a run, whatever mm. it is. So it's, yeah, brilliant. Great. Mm. Um, what's your, what box sets or TV shows are you watching? Box sets. Hmm. Killing Eve, we've been trying to watch. I've seen some of them, haven't finished it. Exactly the same. Uh, I think I'm yeah. about, about five or six episodes in. Yes, yeah, same thing. So I definitely would like to finish that because um, it looks really, um, well, a very strong uh, storyline. So I think uh, it would be good if I could try and finish that off. Yeah, definitely. In terms of box set. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'm, I'm exactly the same case. Like mm. I said, I'm five or so episodes in. Yeah. Really enjoying it. But yeah. one of those things when a Sunday finishes and you yeah. just try to get back to it, it's an absolute yeah. nightmare. And then the final quickfire question, who is your business idol? <laughs> I'd have to say Alan Sugar, not because I necessarily um, know an awful lot about his business um, ethics or about um, the type of businesses he's run. I only know uh, what I've seen on The Apprentice, but he's got a real funny way with people. There's no messing about, he's straight to the point. And I think uh, I like that. And I think it's good when you can be quite direct with people. And it's something I like to try and do with clients as well, as much as I can, to try and be direct. So um, you're not be, uh, sort of beating around the bush. You're able to give them direct advice so they can make use of. And if they want to ignore it, that's fine. Everyone's got their own views. But um, he does fascinate me, Lord Sugar. I, I think he's an interesting character. So he'd probably be the obvious one that comes to mind. So you've learned a lot from Alan Sugar when it comes to dealing with clients and being a little bit more direct when it sometimes is needed I think he's probably quite good with clients I, I don't know what he's like as, as an employer um, but he's certainly interested you could you could pick things up from him definitely well brilliant that's that's everything for today and uh, thank you Kerry for coming in uh, lovely to chat to you great to hear more about Cobalt HR and where you're going and I'm excited to see what happens in the future Bill, thank yeah. you very much <laughs>